Welcome to the Builders of Jerusalem podcast, a show that sits down with the top makers, shakers, and dreamers of the city, all working to make Jerusalem a capital of tech, innovation, and culture. I'm pleased to be sitting down today with Dr. Astora Modena. He's the co-founder of Te- and managing partner of Terra Venture Partners, and also the founder and chairman of Makshvatova. Dr. Modena, pleasure. Good to good to see you, Troy. I, I I didn't I didn't have the name wrong, right? I got it. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so. For those um, that don't know you, um, you know, those are very general, those, that introduction, would you like to talk a bit more about who you are, what you do? Sure. So, yeah, I'm uh, originally from Italy. Uh, I've been in Israel now more than 20 years. Um, I used to be a physicist, so I studied physics for both uh, first degree and even doctorate. Um, then I decided to move out a bit of the uh, science world and uh, work at McKinsey for a few years. Uh, so my PhD I did in London actually, then did a postdoc and started working at McKinsey for a few years. Um, after about two and a half years in McKinsey, I moved to Israel. Uh, this was 2001, so just right when the second intifada was at his peak. Um, I started working uh, here as a venture capitalist. Uh, started working uh, here in Jerusalem with John Medved at Israel Seed Partners. Um, loved the city and uh, stayed here since then. Um, after a few years with uh, Israel Seed, I did a startup, and then I decided that I want to uh, set up a fund uh, uh, by myself uh, or together with partners, but my own fund. And I wanted to solve uh, uh, the issue of energy and climate. At the time, it was mostly energy because uh, in my PhD, I was actually uh, trying to solve it on a scientific level, and I realized that I need to solve it mostly on a commercial level. So we started uh, Terra. Terra was uh, one of the first funds focused on what we call then uh, cleantech. So we raised the initial fund, uh, which uh, invested in a, a number of companies all over Israel. Of course, we're not we're Jerusalem-based, but all our companies are around Israel. And um, at the same time, um, I was actually in living in Jerusalem and started volunteering with uh, some nonprofits. And I realized that, uh, which, which I didn't know, is that Jerusalem is actually a pretty poor city. Uh, you know, we're the capital, but, you know, on the one hand, I was uh, uh, meeting amazing entrepreneurs in my job uh, as a venture capitalist, and then I worked literally uh, around the block and uh, I see, you know, people living really, um, you know, in very poor conditions. So I decided that I want to use what we are good at in in Israel, which is tech, science and tech, to actually help those uh, population to to basically participate in the dream, in the high-tech dream, in the in the use of technology to improve the way they uh, they live and work. And so I started uh, my nonprofit called Machshava Tova uh, almost 20 years ago this year. Um, and the idea is really to use, again, technology to uh, give them the power, the tools to, uh, uh, to come up in life. Uh, and since then, you know, we've been growing. We started in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was actually one of our first uh, and actually first, second and third uh, places we did in Jerusalem. Then we expanded all over Israel. Uh, we now work with about uh, seven, eight thousand people every year. We touch the life of more than hundred thousand people 
over the 20 years we work. So this is, you know, very briefly about us. As a personal, I'm uh, married with three super nice kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is already in Mechina now, so we are now only two, two kids at home. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoy every moment with them. And uh, I'm part of the Italian community here and, of course, many other communities as Jerusalem is uh, very nice. Amazing. Okay, a lot to unpack there. Um, I guess to, to start on like the, the venture side of things, so you had initially been working on a startup, you said? Mm-hmm. What was the startup? Yeah, anyway. So, well, it was, it was not my idea. It was an idea of two people that I met through my work at Venture Capital. I really liked the idea. The idea was actually in the field of uh, traffic management. Uh, this was before Waze, mm-hmm. uh, so it was badly needed. Uh, I think the the idea was was good that you know to improve the way uh, you know traffic management and especially traffic information was built. The I would say the 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 technology we chose and uh, you know the path we chose was a bit less uh, successful. So actually, I, I was there only one year or so, but. Uh, uh, the company uh, did succeed for a while, and then unfortunately, actually a year ago, closed down because of the yeah. uh, uh, we, we lost a big contract. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that was my I would say startup experience. Um, but that really pushed me into the direction that I wanted to do something uh, uh, of my own, and you know that's what brought me to Terra at the end of the day. And the the shift towards venture, I guess, or shift back towards venture was based off your experience with Israel. Uh, seed partners. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, you know, I, I, I worked, you know, I had a background of both technical science and business through McKinsey. So in a sense, I wanted to combine the two. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to come to Israel. So the, the combination was a good way to, uh, to say, okay, venture capital is a good way to combine the two. Um, and secondly, I said, okay, I want to do something by myself. So I started with this with this startup. But I realized that what I really enjoy is to help others build companies. I'm not as good as to build company by myself. I'm much better at uh, advising, helping, uh, bringing money to other entrepreneurs to that are usually smarter than me, or at least they have the, the biggest stamina and biggest uh, or smartest idea than I have um, to really build uh, good companies in Israel. And, you know, we don't lack entrepreneurs in Israel, so that's that's good, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and that's what uh, brought me back to uh, to doing Terra because I wanted to uh, start a few projects at the same uh, time in parallel, uh, and uh, I really wanted to solve uh, the issue of energy uh, pollution, climate at the time. Where did that desire to try to solve that problem come from? So uh, as I mentioned, I've I've started uh, in my physics uh, degree to to you know I wanted to make a big impact basically that's the that's the idea, mm-hmm. uh, looking at the different things that could uh, make an impact with my physics degree, I saw that uh, solving the energy problem was one of the probably the most interesting one, and that's why uh, when I did my PhD I actually studied a bit here also for my for my initial degree, um, I decided that I wanted to focus on fusion. Uh, so my PhD was on plasma physics, which is basically the main science behind uh, uh, fusion. And um, and again, I was there, worked very hard for four or five years, but I realized that you know the fusion dream was uh, about 20 years away. And by the way, still apparently around 15, 20 years <laughs> away, at least to commercialization. 
even if I saw a lot of startups in the field uh, lately, or at least there, there are in the, in, uh, in the world. Um, so coming back to, to so this, that's, that's what I wanted to solve. And once I realized that, uh, you know, the, this was, I'm talking about 2006, 2007, 2008, these were times when the Kyoto Agreement uh, started, which was the, basically the carbon pricing. Uh, we started talking about this. We realized that, you know, the issue of carbon uh, was supposed to be a big problem 10, 15 years from then, which is now. Um, I thought, okay, this is a way to make a big impact in a field that I believe I can play because of my background in both science and, uh, uh, and business. And then I met my partner, Harovina, which comes from also very strong uh, green uh, uh, side, but also a uh, very good chemist and uh, very big experience with startups in the field. So mm -hmm. the combination of the two really brought us to, to open Terra as a, as a clean tech fund. And we've been doing this for the last uh, 15 years almost with oh, ups wow. and downs as the industry has, hmm. has uh, gone uh, up and down. I feel that finally now the world has uh, realized that uh, we need to do much more to solve the climate issue. It's a bit late on some ways, and I, I think this summer in Israel we felt the full, uh, the full heat of it, if you want. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think there's still a lot to be done. I mean, there is a, still, there is a lot to be done, and I believe we are here to, to really solve the issue now. In the past uh, 10 years, you know, we started as a clinic fund then, we wanted to still have a very strong impact on society, but also did it with a number of other sectors. So we did also a few healthcare deals and uh, what we call digital transformation, uh, which is basically using the great technology out of Israel to impact and improve uh, uh, sectors that are more traditional, such as agri-tech, manufacturing, uh, which at the end of the day also will bring a significant reduction in uh, emissions slash energy use and uh, pesticides, et cetera, et cetera, but with a more, I would say, uh, wide spectrum of sectors that are, you know, big polluters and big uh, uh, potential markets for our startups. Hmm. So how many companies do you have in your portfolio today? So we now have 25 companies in our portfolio. Uh, we always come in at the initial stage. So we are like seed or pre-seed investors okay uh, so these are company you know we have the one that we invested just a few months ago to the one that is already you know selling uh, uh, tens of million dollars of course we exited a few uh, so we have the whole range now of companies in the in the field okay and so have you seen it has it now been picking up more with clean tech or is it yeah still... i think in general there is more much more money now uh, for this field you know when we started uh, our fund, you know, we started just uh, at the time of the, finan the 2008 financial crisis. So we, we saw little by little in 2009, 10, 11, that the money for Clintech was disappearing because most people wanted just to focus on uh, profitability and less of sustainability, if you like. Um, so it was a pretty tough few years uh, from 2009 to uh, maybe even 2016, 17 mm -hmm. for the field. In the last five years, I would say, uh, people are starting, first of all, to look at this issue as a, as a must. We have to do something about it. There's much more money in it. And also, I think that because of the whole world is much more aware of the, of the issue, then it's also easier to make money. So I think that sure. we'll have a much better outcome than the initial uh, wave of uh, clean tech, which was 
you know, on a venture side, not that profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if some of the good companies came out of the of these waves. Um, so yeah, I believe it's uh, it's definitely a, a much better period now to both start a, a climate company and to start a, a climate VC and invest in the field. Still with some, uh, uh, you know, we learned a lot from the first wave. You know, we had, uh, um, you know, the capital. Uh, we, we need to be very capital efficient in the field because it's capital intensive. Uh, the timeline is longer than definitely software companies, but also most of the other sectors. So you, you have to take it as, uh, uh, you know, with a little bit of a different uh, approach. But I think now is the is a very good time to to start a new company and to have uh, uh, potentially a great outcome out of it. So, what are like the specific fields within clean tech? Is it more on air quality? Is it on water? Well, first of all, uh, I mean the, the 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 current focus is about climate, is about reduction dec- decarbonization, if you like, because okay. that's the main issue that we are dealing with. Of course, there are many other. Uh, pollution angles, but I would say that the world is really focusing on how we decarbonize the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say as a macro trend, that's the main trend. Uh, uh, going a little bit more uh, into the details, I would say that it it's, uh, at least we look at it in a few uh, subsectors. So agri-tech is definitely very interesting, especially in Israel. We have a lot of experience in the field. Uh, the world of energy has been touched uh, for a number of years. I would say that there's still some pockets of both energy efficiency that can be uh, that can be improved significantly, and optimization of uh, I would say energy transportation, both in terms of the whole uh, EV revolution and how you provide energy to uh, a very very distributed uh, um, uh, network, mm-hmm. uh, and of course renewable energy now that is becoming a, a big chunk of the or a majority of the new energy coming in brings in a, a lot of different issues that you know at the beginning we didn't have. So of course, smart grid is uh, is another one, uh, as well as uh, you know improving the because the, the solar and the wind market are already so big. How do you optimize the actual uh, solar panels themselves? Not just producing new solar panels, but the whole optimization of the solar uh, the solar projects. Uh, is is very interesting, and of course, uh, storage is a big uh, is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, batteries are becoming uh, so critical for the growth of the both renewable energy uh, market as well as, of course, EV market. Uh, that uh, you know, we see a huge uh, increase in production, not enough to meet the demand of the market, but that's one of the things that is is growing very nicely, and also. We believe that more and more technology has to be entered uh, into it to improve the efficiency. Um, so these are some of the sectors we look at. There is the whole, you know, carbon sequestration side. Um, we're a bit less excited about that uh, because we prefer to just reduce the carbon instead of just putting it aside somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, uh, uh, because the issue is so uh, the, the the carbon issue. If so close, you know, you need to work on many different aspects. And so I think one of them should be also the, the CCS, carbon sequestration uh, side. Um, so, yeah, these, I would say, are the more 
you know, the, the, mm. the sectors that come to mind. Of course, there are many others that are, uh, and ideally, you know, we look at it on a more holistic way. So uh, we don't look at it only on the energy or, uh, you know, pollution side. We look at, uh, at a market, uh, uh, you know, at the maybe top five, six markets in the world that have a significant carbon footprint. And we say, okay, how can we improve even by a little percentage mm. those markets because that will bring a significant uh, reduction in carbonization and also can provide significant uh, um, opportunity for business. So I would say that you know, it's a much more holistic than, than what happened in the first wave. Okay, let's look at each market, how we can improve even by a few percentages there. Uh, of course, the, 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 the economic side has to be higher than a few percentages, but sure. by improving the economic side, uh, we ca the, the carbon side, we can also improve significantly the economic side, and that's sustainable because it's not easy to, uh, you know, just focus on carbon without looking at the uh, economic side of things, of course. For Until sure. at sure. least we have a significant clear carbon price, which we don't really have yet, or at least not in most countries. Hmm. So have your most recent investments been on the carbon side of things? Well, when I look, to be honest, this last uh, year has been quite uh, slow okay. uh, for the obvious reasons of uh, what's happening in the in the tech world. Mm -hmm. uh, so with the last investments we did actually were more, uh, we did a, a couple of investment in agri-tech. Uh, this was uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago, uh, and one in a field, uh, you know, close to medical. Um, we're now looking at uh, uh, a few deals in the field. We haven't uh, pulled the plug yet, or we haven't. Sorry, we haven't uh, switched the, uh, the, the 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 trigger. Um, again, because the the current uh, economic uh, situation, especially in Israel, is a bit that it's a bit vague, in the sense that valuations are going down, but not probably not enough, at least in the seed stage. Um, so we're we are looking at a number of opportunities, but not, uh, you know, putting on hold a bit. I believe we'll do one or two deals by the end of the year. Hmm. And so, probably yeah. in the climate field. So these are, also, these are more advanced fields. So are, the founders are probably with similar backgrounds to you with PhDs and yeah, it's it's not uh, the companies we see pretty much in all the fields I mentioned um, are not the typical cyber companies you see or software companies where you know the, the founders are you know less than thirty mm -hmm. and you know came out of uh, you know uh, intelligence unit from the army etc. They usually come from either significant work in industry, so they've done uh, you know maybe. 10, 15 years experience in different startups, in industry, etc., and then they want to come up with their own company. Some of them come from academia. Mm -hmm. uh, so we see, especially in our fields, maybe 20, 30% of the uh, entrepreneurship come from that world. Um, with all the you know, issues about dealing with the academia, which is sometimes not so easy. Um, and then I would say that uh, we see a few... One of the latest trends that we see in the last few months is really three entrepreneurs that have done already uh, significant uh, uh, companies or successes in the, uh, I would say, IT sector and say, okay, for the next startup, I want to make something which is more 
uh, impactful, which uh, really makes a difference into the world. And those guys come with a lot of expertise in uh, setting up a startup, making, uh, you know, creating a new company, uh, but want to, because they want to make a, a bigger impact, they're going into different sectors, sometimes bringing technologies from their own past into the new sector, which is very interesting because it creates a very nice, I would say, multidisciplinary aspect. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just, you know, looking at the problem because they haven't been in the industry for forever, uh, you know, they say, okay, let's look at the industry and see, you know, where I believe there are some gaps and where with my experience in technology, I can make an impact. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty interesting, uh, it's pretty interesting uh, uh, process. Uh, you know, sometimes they, they, they're a bit naive in terms of some of the, um, uh, the problems they solve, but some, some of them are really very interesting, bringing new ideas into sectors that have not innovated for many, many years. So sure. it's, it's quite a wide uh, spectrum, I would say. So do you find that your background helps? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I'm a physicist. My partner is a chemist. Most of the stuff we see, or at least in the climate field, I would say at least... Uh, 50-60% are in these two buckets somehow. Mm. Um, so first of all, my partner is a much better chemist than I'm a physicist, so <laughs> he can actually go deep into the technology. Uh, so the level of conversation we have with some of these entrepreneurs is completely different from any other funds. Mm -hmm. And even on myself, you know, even if I, I, it's tough for me to get into the, the nuts and bolts of the, of the technology in terms of the real deep uh, science, uh, you know, we speak the language, we understand what it means to bring a company from, uh, uh, you know, a science idea, a project into a real company. And we also understand where the companies need to stay in academia for more years or need to stay in the garage of the, of the entrepreneur for more years. So I think it helps a lot. I think entrepreneurs really like the fact that they're talking to people that can understand most of what they're doing. Uh, and can also help them and also can, uh, I would say, participate in the tough uh, idea creation that is to have a startup. I mean, because we understand the pace of innovation of a certain company uh, and all the obstacles that you get until you get to a product that you can actually sell to a mm -hmm. customer. I think it's very good to have a partner like us that have done it many times, but also have the skills to understand really the, 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 the basics of the technology and of the science that they are building. Hmm. So, so you grew up in, to go back, so you, you grew up in Italy. Did you have in your family something that was super science focused or was that just internal passion love that you had or? Uh, no, I would say that, uh, you know, my parents are, uh, one is in humanities, one is a businessman. So I hmm. would say, I didn't have uh, a particular example in the family, but uh, you know we were very much pushed to excel in what we did. Uh, I really like I was pretty good at math from from day one, pretty much, mm. and so it was kind of natural to go into into science and physics was a, a good way to go. Um, so you know I had the kind of academic uh, background. My mother is a professor, so I had the push to go. In academia, but the science level was more of a personal uh, angle. And so you did your degrees. Well, you did. You said you did your PhD in London. 
Yeah, we, I did a, a, a BA here, actually, Hebrew University. Okay. And then I went to uh, do a PhD at Imperial College in London. And then I actually did a postdoc in Paris at Polytechnique. Hmm. Uh, and after that, I decided, okay, I think I, I had enough with science. You know, uh, the problem with PhD sometimes is that you become a super expert of a very small thing. Okay. Uh, or at least I didn't have the, the breadth of knowledge and... Uh, you know, uh, understanding to go a little bit wider. So I was very good at my own topic, but I knew very little or I didn't know enough of the other topics. And I wanted to have a more broad spectrum of knowledge. And that's what brought me, if you like, to McKinsey, because th there you have the opposite. You're, uh, you know, hmm. you are not an expert of anything. You know, you know a little bit of a many, many things. And I really liked the fact that we were changing projects every three months. So it gave me, you know, the the breadth and the wide uh, that I was missing very much in when I was doing my PhD in physics, basically. Mm. And w where were you working with McKinsey? Uh, McKinsey, I started in Paris. Okay. Uh, that was my base office, but because I spoke languages and, uh, you know, I had to travel a lot. So I did projects all around uh, Europe, Israel even. I did a project, mm -hmm. uh, England, Italy, of course, and uh, even Norway and, of course, France. Mm -hmm. uh, so I worked a little bit all over, but I was single and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't mind traveling a lot. You speak Norwegian too? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so how did you then end up moving here? Was it your experience in your BA? That you want yeah, to you know, I, I was, uh, I've always been a scientist and mm -hmm. I was uh, uh, looking for the right time. Um, I think, again, the two things that pushed me to Israel, one was the fact that uh, you know, there was the Second Intifada, which was a pretty tough period in general. Uh, you know, feeling the the kind of anti-Semitism go up in uh, in the diaspora, and uh, feeling that you had to be part of something which was more important than what we're doing now. And secondly, the, the you know, on a more uh, uh, on a more uh, a practical way, I wanted to use both my background as a as a technical scientific guy and the business side and Israel was then starting, you know, to, I'm talking about yeah, 2000, 2001, uh, we had the first wave of really uh, boom in tech uh, and that I think was a, also a good way to do both. So both practical thing and also the idealistic thing. Mm -hmm. And why did you pick Jerusalem and not? Tel Aviv or Herzliya or other... So I liked Jerusalem a lot from the beginning. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I met John Medved. Mm -hmm. uh, he offered me a job uh, at Israel City, which was in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided that uh, that was the place. Uh, also, we also have an apartment here. Um, and, uh, and I really liked the city. I mean, it was... Uh, when I started, I wasn't sure about Tel Aviv, Jerusalem. But uh, little by little, I re-fell in love, if you like, with the city. Uh, of course, the weather is amazing, as mm -hmm. you well know. And uh, when I started building a family, I realized that, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a great place to, uh, to start a family mm -hmm. uh, because the level of uh, um, values that you find here is very unique. First of all, you know, I'm traditional, religious, so it's also good to, to be, in, you know, I, I, I like the fact that Jerusalem is... Uh, traditional uh, religious city, mm -hmm. but also the fact that uh, even the non-religious here have uh, significant values that I don't find in, in other places of Israel. 
So there is a good combination, if you like, at, at least in, in the neighborhoods that, that I live. And of course, you know, Jerusalem is, is <laughs> quite different in different neighborhoods. There is a good combination of people that are very ideological, uh, really have very high values. And on the other hand, you know, they work, they are part of society, they, they feel that the religious side is, you know, is part of the life, but there are many other aspects of the life. So again, in these few neighborhoods that I mentioned before, and this is a very unique, uh, 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 I would say, combination of uh, ideology and lifestyle, which is, is exactly what, uh, uh, what I like. Um, and of course, the city is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go around, uh, especially you know, when it's uh, sunset, and it's just such a beautiful city. Um, apart from the fact that it's much cooler than uh, pretty much anywhere in Israel these days, <laughs> apart from the Golan Heights. <laughs> yeah, I've no this is my first summer here, and I've noticed that, you know, even if it's so hot during the day, at night, it's just got this beautiful, cool breeze, like you're in some, you know, mountain resort. I mean, we are in mountains, so. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing weather, and it really helps a lot, uh, you know, uh, uh, sleeping, <laughs> which is not easy for me. Uh, so I think it's, you know, I, I, it's very hard for me to sleep in Tel Aviv. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably the only place. I don't like air conditioning so much. Yeah. So, yeah. So I like the city. Uh, it's beautiful, great values. Uh, we need to work a bit on the work, uh, potential that we have here. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's another story. Uh, but, uh, but I think, you know, if you have a, a good job, I think it's an amazing city. So do you find that the city it plays into, even if. You know, obviously your your firm is based here, but you said you invest across the country. But do you find that the city, um, I don't know, motivates you in some which way or drives your your mission to solve these problems that you're trying to solve? So I would say let, let's let's uh, divide the answer in two. I think that uh, I really feel uh, very connected to the city. Mm -hmm. So you know, when I started Machshava Tova, for example. Uh, the main focus at the beginning was solving Jerusalem uh, issues of, uh, uh, of social gap. And then, of course, we went national. Uh, but it w for me, it was very important to start in Jerusalem, where I saw that there was a big need. Um, so I would say that on a social level, Jerusalem, I'm very connected to Jerusalem, and I think we need to solve the, the issues in Jerusalem. Um, in terms of the, I would say, incentive to be in Jerusalem, uh, on the work side, that's a bit weaker, I would mm -hmm. say. I mean, uh, uh, a lot of people are very uh, surprised that I'm still in Jerusalem in terms of my business. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't have any company in Jerusalem. We have only one company in Jerusalem out of the 25, mm -hmm. uh, which, is, uh, which is not great. And even some of them, we started in Jerusalem. Unfortunately, they had to go and, and move their office in other places mostly to attract the right uh, talent um, and also the you know transportation was very very bad at the, at the time now it's a bit better thanks to the train but still it's not an easy city to start a company uh, in Jerusalem uh, and I think we have to do much more on that side I would say at the national level to be honest I don't think it's fair for Moshe Leon and the and the area and the city town city hall uh, to solve this issue, this has to be more of a national issue. How we put Jerusalem in the center of the map? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a capital, you know, and it's still the second poorest city in in Israel, which is 
kind of weird mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, it's unfortunately it's much easier to start a business uh, in the center of, of the country than in Jerusalem uh, even if we have some interesting uh, I would say assets here that we're not using enough like uh, you know the academia we have here which is amazing as well as uh, all the international uh, people that come here so I think we have a few assets that we are we still have to get to uh, the full value of how they can they can provide and I think you know you guys in made made in JLM uh, are doing a very good job but again we need some more help from from the from the country and not just from the local people that have great uh, local initiatives for sure um, so you mentioned you touched on Mashvatova so that's a, the nonprofit that you started do you want to talk a bit about what it What you guys do there sure so so Mashallah was started about, uh, again about 20 years ago with the idea of using technology to reduce the social gap in Israeli society um, we started uh, in a small center in Talpiot in Jerusalem um, basically mostly teaching uh, uh, you know Akarata Mashev basic computer skills mostly to Ethiopian uh, Jews that were in that neighborhood which was former Mabara in a sense and Um, that was uh, again 20 years ago we've expanded now at the national level we don't do anymore Akarat Mashev luckily you know most people know the basic things of computer but unfortunately not unfortunately the mm-hmm. technology has has uh, uh, significantly improved since then so we have about uh, I would say 50-60 different courses now mm. uh, the idea is similar so we, we take groups of Of mostly youth uh, kids and youth and we train them to uh, to the specific skill set technology skill set they need to um, get to the next level and there's a lot of empowerment in what we do so of course the technical side is important we teach them the technical skills but most importantly we really teach them how to empower themselves so how mm. to uh, believe they can do it even if they come from a disadvantaged background or they come from a uh, uh, periphery of Israel both social and geographic periphery we basically give them the the tools to become at almost that level with their peers if you like in the more uh, privileged or in a more uh, um, easier parts of Israel if you like mm-hmm. and we do that again 50 different courses all kinds of different technical skill set and main focus is youth and kids but we work also with uh, uh, disabled people and also with uh, um, elderly population especially during covid we had a big uh, uh, push on the elderly population which was of course the one of the uh, population at higher risk and higher um, and higher impact um, we work now with uh, A lot of different uh, uh, organizations were very much into the DNA of working with others making one plus one equal three so we have low ego working with all the organization you can mention that can make a big impact specifically we work with the joint a lot mm-hmm. uh, we work with the Kennedy Shalim you know the Jerusalem Foundation a lot in Jerusalem and many other organizations around Israel and Um, recently also we're starting working also a lot with the government so we won a few uh, you know a few uh, say, a few um, grants gra- gra- yeah grants more uh, 
like تخرويات uh, like competitions mm-hmm. uh, so we just won the Mea, which is a very big um, a big uh, uh, competition on how to help uh, mostly periphery <coughs> population to get access to technology uh, digital uh, technology sorry to uh, what we call Orianu Digitali, so digital uh, uh, understanding mm-hmm. of the, all, they, all they do. And uh, for example, in Jerusalem, we worked a lot. Uh, we, we, we have four centers in Jerusalem. We work a lot both on the west side, but also on the east side of town, which is not, uh, and we've been doing this for the last 15 years. So mm-hmm. we've been working in East Jerusalem, trying to help that population to bring up to the level of the West or of the rest of Israel for many, many years. And it's not easy. I mean, it's been quite challenging to work, but I think we, we, we found a pretty good model of how we can work on both sides. Um, and we work now, I think last year we worked in Jerusalem with about 3,000 people. Wow. Uh, so it's a big chunk of the population. I would say that, uh, you know, almost every uh, youth in, Israel, in Jerusalem has had some kind of work with us, definitely in the neighborhoods that needed more of course uh, yeah so that's you know briefly about us and um, we now again we're working in the north in the south now a little bit also in the center even if the need is lower than um, you know with great partners and great achievements until now amazing so uh, what are some of the I guess metrics that you've seen yeah so we've we've uh, we now have a number of uh, uh, programs that are targeted different level of the population. Uh, so we started uh, with a program called Ecotech, which was basically taking youth, mostly youth at risk, teaching them uh, you know uh, computers, uh, programming and technicians, and bringing them to the next level. And we see a lot of people that actually manage to get into the army at much higher level. So that's yeah. one of the, of the um, I would say, parameters that we take. Recently, we started uh, two or three new programs. One was, is called Startupists, which is basically teaching, uh, I would say, the top kids of all these other programs that we have. We select them very uh, accurately. And this is a program we do with Michael Eisenberg, which is another, I suppose, builder of Jerusalem. Uh, and Michael is, is, uh, is donating a lot and helping a lot in the, in the program. And what we do is really we, we take the top of the, uh, of the other programs and we really push them to uh, teach uh, you know, computer languages, giving them a lot of empowerment for them to really make an impact. And we had some amazing results with some of them getting into uh, uh, army at very, very high level and uh, also getting into uh, university, uh, you know, with very good uh, push from, the, from our programs. Uh, we just started, uh, like two years ago, we started a, what we call a Bogrim program, which is basically, we, we were doing it before, but the idea now is we don't want to uh, leave our, uh, you know, Bogrim is alumni program. Uh, we don't want to leave them uh, once they finish the course. Mm-hmm. We want to give them a kind of platform where they can continuously receive uh, help, which is different help because they already, for example, achieved the technical skills, but maybe they don't have the network to uh, get uh, uh, you know, ahead in society. 
So we built this very nice uh, uh, alumni program, which is run by alumni. We help them, we give them some uh, money and some help, but it's run by them and uh, helps them a lot to interact with each other uh, and also help them to uh, uh, go on with the life in the army, the university and in the workforce when they get to. And, uh, and we're creating, you know, really like a kind of commander force of this, uh, of this alumni, which is really, you know, making a big impact on the, uh, both our institution, because many of them are actually coming back to uh, volunteer and work in our organization, which we mm -hmm. like very much because it closes a, a kind of circle, but also, you know, pushing them to really succeed in, the, in their everyday life, in uh, workforce, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. So, wow. Um, I guess, where did this, I mean, drive to do something like this come from? Uh, the, the, you know, as I mentioned before, I, I really like the fact that I can, I could do something which is impactful uh, on the population, mm -hmm. but that was not just giving them food, but was really, you know, like uh, we say, giving them the, how do you say in English, uh, the haka, you know, the, the way to, to make a, a, a panasa, to make uh, mm -hmm. uh, the money and not just giving them the money. Um, so I felt that, you know, the best way to do it was what we're best at. You know, in Israel, we're best at technology. We should use it also to solve our internal problems and not just, you know, making amazing startups out of it. Mm -hmm. So the combination of, you know, giving them the tools and empowerment to uh, solve their own issues without just giving them the, you know, the money or the food uh, ready-made uh, was really the push that uh, brought me to help uh, this population with this kind of uh, method, if you like. Awesome. <coughs> so to return to Jerusalem, um, what are some, uh, you know, for people who don't live in Jerusalem, uh, maybe they don't live in Israel, or maybe they live in Jerusalem, and they're looking, you know, new places, what are some of your places, favorite places in the city, maybe to visit, maybe to eat at, to frequent? Well, actually, there, there's, there has been a lot of uh, increase in uh, places to go in Jerusalem in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I came here, it was quite uh, at the lower level than Tel Aviv. So I think, first of all, there's much more choice than uh, it used to be. Um, I really like, you know, all the theaters here. I think they have great, uh, uh, great performances. So, of course, uh, Jerusalem theater, which is the obvious one, uh, you know, I look at it, unfortunately, I don't have enough time, but there's so many things to see there. Um, I think that, uh, you know, what we have in the, the Tachanari Shona is a nice place to be. Uh, I was just actually yesterday for my wife's uh, birthday uh, in, uh, in a place called City View, which I don't know, okay. most uh, Jewish people don't know probably, but it's a quite a, it's a nice place. It's, in, uh, it's uh, an, an Arab restaurant. So it's not kosher, but you can find a lot of vegetarian stuff. And it's just uh, below the Hebrew University in uh, Mount Scopus. Hmm. So it's a great place, amazing view, good food, not too expensive. So that's one good restaurant that I suggest. Um, uh, we've been just on the new bridge that uh, I don't know if you if you know, but there is a new bridge oh, now suspension bridge, yeah. uh, leading from uh, uh, the old city, or at least the outskirts of the old city, to Abutor. Uh, it's a nice new new place. 
I really like, by the way, in the summer in Jerusalem, you have this uh, um, street food in the Gainon Valley, mm-hmm. you know, in the, where the Cinematheque is. Uh, there's really a great uh, environment with uh, four, I think more actually, eight, nine uh, uh, vans with the street food, and it's really good and also quite inexpensive in a very expensive area for the, uh, you know, for the Israeli ecosystem. Uh, what else uh, do I like? Yeah, I think these are some of the, and I just like to, you know, walk around the city, mm-hmm. and of course the old city. It's just such a beautiful city, so, you know, just, uh, you know, lose yourself in the alleys of, uh, you know, Machane Yehuda or the old city, there's so much to do. For sure. Um, is there anything else that you want to add about yourself, about your work? I think that, uh, you know, in general, I would say if this goes to people that want to make Aliyah or want to come to Israel, uh, you know, we are, we are now in a bit of a challenging period, uh, as you know, from the politics side and also from the society side. And I think it's, uh, it's important that we don't lose hope, uh, that we work very hard to, on the one hand, keep our values going, the democratic values, etc., but also try not to uh, bring the level of uh, um, of machloket of uh, you know uh, conflict in the in the society, uh, but it's still a, an amazing place to be, amazing people. Uh, so I think we should really strive to solve our problems and make this country as amazing as uh, you know it can be. I think we have a great potential for this country, and we need to work hard to make it happen. Great. And how could people learn more about you, your work, maybe get in touch with you? Oh, you know, the internet is pretty good at that. Uh, <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Astoria Modena with two R's, uh, Terra Venture Partners. We have a website, terravp.com, and Machshava Tova, just mtova.org.il. So these are classical places to me. And uh, feel free to send me an email. I'll be very happy to answer. Thank you, Dr. Mona. Thank you very much, Roy. Cheers.